Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 134 of Slamfire Radio for December 4th, 2015. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew, the one in shot McClatchy. And I'm Adriel, the hunting gear guy in show. And I'm Trevor Furlot. No nickname for Furlot this week. Thought I'd play it straight. Just play it straight. Yeah, don't don't conform with what the rest of us are doing. I mean, that would be silly. Well, even though you use some nicknames, it sounded very clean, very professional. I just thought I would try and maintain that. We are known for our professionalism. Yes, we really are. We do need to. We have <laughs> so, a high standard, basically. Very, very high standard. Not, not the not the pistols, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, and and no, yeah. we're, we're more of the high point. We are the high point of podcasts. You're right. That's an excellent analogy. Wait, if we're the high point, does that make New Shooter Canada the llama? Um, also maybe. a bad brand of gun. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna oh. say that's bad. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Speaking of bad, what did you do this week? <laughs> well, it wasn't bad. It was more. <laughs> oh, um, that's right. It was Adriel that shot lambs. Not right. Uh, sorry. Oh, there's another swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. <laughs> I so, um. Yeah. yeah. What did you do? Well, I, I I actually did get out hunting this week. Um, I went four wheeling. No, well, no. This is another story. See, oh. see you gotta. Oh, well, okay. it helps. But never mind. Yeah, it's, yeah. If I wrote down my show notes, right? I'm not. As you're saying, nothing. then then you, yeah, okay. <laughs> like your show notes, I am blank. <laughs> uh, so I did go hunting. Um, I I just I it wasn't really hunting. I went four wheeling and I had my gun strapped to my four wheeler. Um, did see a bird? Saw a grouse, so, but so were you armed quadding? I, I must have been. <laughs> That, you know, could have been. I don't know. But uh, it was fun. It just, you know, I haven't been out in my four-wheeler for a while, so it was fun to get out and uh, and to ride around and, and take my gun for a ride. But then uh, a friend of mine raises um, pigs, and uh, he needed a, a trigger man because uh, the butcher, the butcher, it was time to butcher, basically. And the butcher said, don't bring them to me alive. And so... I'll huff, <laughs> and I'll puff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They huffed and puffed a little bit, but uh, one of them huffed and puffed a little bit more than it was supposed to. Uh, we were um, we just used a twenty-two because you know you don't need to make a big mess when you're when you're putting down pigs, and uh, so the preferred method was, of course, just to put one right between their eyes, and it knocks them out instantly and kills them very shortly afterwards. And, and so you shoot them and and cut their throat because you need to bleed them out. Well. Um, uh, my my farmer friend there couldn't get the pig to look at him. The pig must have known what was coming. I don't know. But uh, so anyway, <laughs> oh, I get you. Never mind. I couldn't uh, get the pig to look at him. Couldn't get the pig to look at him. He's like, hey, hey, look. No, the pigs wouldn't look. And and I I have um I've I have pigs pigs look at me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I suggested well maybe shoot it in the ear because I've heard that that also is uh, an effective way of, of putting down an animal very quickly. And so he gave it a shot, <laughs> pun intended. 
And uh, the pig went down instantly, no kicking, no thrashing. I was, ah, pretty good. And so he cut its throat and, and carried on. Well, he, he put the rifle down and, and walked over to, to corral another pig. And the first pig that he had just shot got up and started walking around. And I was like, you can't do that. You're dead. <laughs> so so I, I grabbed the rifle and, and put it between its eyes the way that uh, we had originally planned on. And that did put it down. And, and, you know, then it thrashed about a little bit. And he said, that looks a little more normal. So <laughs> we suspect maybe the first time we just knocked it out. Didn't hmm. actually put it right down. But uh, the rest of the pigs went off without a hitch. Uh, it was just sort of the first one that kind of gave us a little bit of a, a zombie kind of, you know, that was my first thought is a zombie's attack. You know, we got to put them down again. Yeah. I mean, a zombie. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, they got small brains, so it's a, it's a small target to go for. That's, yeah. And that's what we kind of, that's why it was sort of preferred to go between the eyes method because that is where the brain is. And I guess it's a little bit more forward of the ear than just into the ear. So we must have just missed it. But, uh, Regardless, that was uh, that was uh, an event that uh, I hadn't done before, so that was uh, an experience to, well, to experience, I guess. Um, other than that, I didn't really do anything else with guns, but uh, I sure hope I get some free bacon out of the deal is kind of what I'm going for there. It seems right. Yeah, you know, at least some bacon. So, hmm. yeah, so Trevor, what did uh, what did you get up to? Um, I headed over to Woodstock, New Brunswick. On a, yes, and thanks for stopping in and saying hi. I was in Woodstock at the same time you were. In. We just, we we discussed this. Yeah. You advised me that you're in Woodstock after I left Woodstock. Yeah, it was it was funnier my way. And the listeners didn't know that until just now. So yeah, well, I just wasn't <laughs> going to go under the bus for that one. So, uh, but uh, okay. yeah, it's too bad that we uh, we should have came by. I could have given you some archery lessons. That would have been cool. I would have had to pay for it though, right? <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I'm not paying to be Robin Hood. Yeah, well, um, the clinic. <laughs> Little John, maybe, but <laughs> the clinic went well. Um, it's uh, an Eritrean New Brunswick initiative where the provincial coach goes around and puts on coaching clinics. Um, this one was a, a generic clinic. It wasn't necessarily geared towards other coaches or just boat tuning or specifically for the Canada Games. So I had to approach it with kind of a, okay, I'm going to have coaches there. I'm going to have some of the Canada Games kids there, and I could have somebody there who has only been shooting for six weeks. And that's pretty much what I had. I had the entire cross-section represented in archery from the newbie to the aspiring athlete to uh, coaches who wanted to uh, get some tips and tricks on, on how to coach. So I decided to approach the clinic from a fundamentals point of view. When I got into teaching how to shoot a handgun, I took some of the experience from coaching archery into that. Well, I went back to archery with a lot of teaching experience from firearms and we're constantly preaching fundamentals. And it occurred to me that in archery, very rarely are we explained what the fundamentals are of shooting a bow and how to shoot a bow. Like if you think about it, all sports skills, whether it be diving or uh, pole vaulting or throwing a javelin or, or, or taking a slap shot, all of those skills involve f- fundamentals. There's a, a correct way to take a slap shot and an incorrect way to take a slap shot. And the correct way is applying the fundamentals. So I was using the term fundamentals a lot and I was using analogies like, or not analogies, but I was explaining to the, to the archers the difference between you recreational and kind of beginning competitive archers and professional archers is the professional archers have an ability to consistently apply the fundamentals on demand where you guys get it right most of the time 
they get it right all the time. And that's why they're getting paid to shoot a bow and you're paying to shoot a bow. So if you understand what the fundamentals of archery are, then you could improve upon them because you understand what they do to help you. Uh, deer in a headlight. Like, I, it was, <laughs> somebody told me later it was the clinic they needed, not the clinic they wanted. Right. <laughs> yes. So, um, so, and, and so the way I approached it was I did a, a first thing I did was I shot my bow as well. I introduced myself and then, cause some of them I knew, some of them I didn't know, but I wanted to get everybody kind of off, off the defensive and what's this guy all about. And I wanted them to understand that I understand shooting. So I got on the line and we spent the first 30 minutes just shooting for fun and, and no pressure. I wasn't videotaping them. I wasn't standing behind and staring at them. I did that later, but I wanted to get their guard down first. So I just got out there and had fun and we shot arrows together as a group. And then I kind of stood back and, and did some observations. Then we took a quick break and then I went into the presentation. So I, I took the same approach, Matthew, that we take to uh, teaching a black badge. And that is I explained the theory to them. Right. Then I brought them back out on the range and I demonstrated how to apply the fundamentals when making a shot. Yep. And then I let them do it and corrected them as we went. So... I think it was pretty good as far as a as far as that's concerned. Um, some people were more willing to accept feedback and constructive criticism than others, and uh, those people will go on and try the new things and hopefully improve. And I, I ended my there were some people there who were more willing to learn than others, so I ended my clinic with this. I said there are two types of people that go to a clinic: those who want to get help and improve. And those who want to be told that they're doing everything fine, they're not successful because of outside outside factors they can't control. Right. So which one are you? Right. So, uh, but it was it went well, um, uh, and I'm looking forward to doing the other one. I'm supposed to go and shoot two clinics this or two tournaments this weekend. I'm supposed to shoot a target tournament on Saturday, and a 3D tournament on Sunday, and then attend the uh, board of directors meeting. But unfortunately, the doctor has said no. He gave me a shot of cortisone in the elbow today and said that I'm not to shoot the bow for two days. Oh. Yeah. He said I could rupture a tendon, apparently. That would and be bad. That, yeah, that would set me back even more. So I'm going to skip the tournament on Saturday and shoot the tournament on Sunday, but I'm going to turn the, the weight down on the bow. It's going to make it a little challenging, but what the heck. So. And um, then uh, when I got after Woodstock on Sunday, I went to the range with um, one of my students and one of my students' friends to cite in his Savage Axis 22250. Uh, scope wasn't exactly super duper. It was a Bushnell XLT, I think, something like that. And the hand loads were okay, but the the, the combination wasn't wasn't super accurate. I mean, I got it. I got it zeroed. Uh, on paper at 100, but it was like two, two and a half inches. But then there was an eight inch gong hanging at 200, and, and uh, with a little bit of coaching on his trigger press, he was able to hit it every time. So he was happy, but I wasn't happy with the way the scope was mounted. The ring in the back was way back, the ring in the front was like all the way up to the turret. So right. I was like, I'll take that home and I'll, I'll take it all off and I'll, I'll lap the rings and, and put it, level it and all that good stuff. So I did all that. Um, I also had my 686 out there. So he's a wheelchair user. He hadn't shot a handgun before. He's like, is this going to kick? I said, well, you better lock your wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, it wasn't wasn't bad at all. Yeah. And um, 
uh, what else? I had my NEA 15 there and had a mag failure. And I meant to bring the mag up. There are two mags that I got when I got my first Mark 18. They're right. a polymer mag. They look like a knockoff Beowulf mag. So they're a 30-round mag, pin to five. Right. And they've been loaded with five rounds since I got them sitting in the safe. And I don't think I'd ever tried them before. So when I went to the range, I just grabbed all my... 30 pin to 5 mags and uh, yeah failure to feed the bullet went up sideways and got all bent up and stuff and it's the only time there's ever been a failure in that NEA and it was related to the mag and the other mag was kind of like the follower is a you know the mag pull polymer is one type of polymer and then the yep. follower is a different type of polymer yep mm-hmm. well the mag body and the follower seem to be made of the same type of plastic and caused a, a bit of friction, and it didn't feed correctly. So, they're uh, yeah, they're kind of throw. They're left unloaded now and tossed to the side. And then I pulled some more forty four Magnum. And good news, I remembered that the first couple of uh, boxes of forty four Magnum that I loaded, I loaded before I had my turret press, which meant that I was using my Lee powder measure and had selected 23 grains and i pulled a couple of them and they were all 23 grains I was like oh thank god so these ones i can leave alone so it's like 100 150 that i don't have to pull because they're all 23 grains the ones i need to pull are the ones that were coming up at 24.6 24.5 in that range so those ones need to be pulled they're still within safe parameters but just more than that gun needs i don't need to beat up my my safe queen so right yeah and uh, again, I love that uh, bullet puller. Um, but then shout out to, oh, let me see here. There is a gentleman, a listener, who sent me a, a link to another bullet puller system that I had never seen or heard of before that is basically what you described. Adriel, you know how you put that up in the, um, you put the. Uh, your- Chill up in the press and I just. Basically, basically use a, a washer and uh, some lock pliers. Yeah, and you rip on it with the lock pliers. Well, this mm-hmm. guy um, sent me a link. And I really hope I find... Oh, Tony Nash. It's a program called Grip and Pull, or it's a device called Grip and Pull. And what it is, it looks like a pair of pliers. They're um, machined for different calibers, all in the same tool. So you do what you describe, but then you take this grip and pull device, place it over top of the bullet, grip it, bring the handle of the press back down, and it removes the bullet. But unlike your method, it doesn't destroy the bullet. The bullet, all the components are reusable. Same thing as the system I'm using now where you don't spill any gunpowder. But the system I'm using now requires a die body, and it requires a different call it every time you change calibers. Well, in this system... You can buy, they come in three different sizes, and each size does multiple calibers. So you could get the small rifle, the large rifle, and the pistol. And the pistol will do like 9 up to 45 or 50, actually. It does like 9 to 50, and then small rifle will do uh, 223 all the way up to whatever. And then then, uh, large rifle does up to you know, very large caliber rifles, all in one tool. It just pinches the bullet and doesn't destroy it. So rather than buying more collets, I think I'm going to pick up at least one of these for the pistol as it's just super quick and easy and nothing gets destroyed and uh, a heck of a lot better than the hammer. So Yeah, looks inexpensive too. Yeah, so uh, uh, 40 bucks, I think. 
So, yeah. But that's uh, that's it. How about you, Adriel? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I got back from my hunting trip, and I uh, I got skunked hunting this year. Are um, you done? Is that yeah, it? I'm, do- I'm done. It's it's over wow. November 30th. And you didn't tag out? Nope. I saw some whitetail driving out to where I go hunting, and I hunted for, well, I don't know, uh, Saturday to Sunday, so like nine days or something like that. And uh, I didn't see another whitetail deer. I saw mule deer. I saw moose, I saw coyotes, I saw everything else. I didn't see any white-tailed deer, so uh, I got skunked. That's okay. My, a couple of my buddies, um, they got their deer, so I've still got deer jerky in the fridge and all that good stuff. And uh, well, basically, it sounds like while Matthew was helping his buddy with uh, with pigs, I was helping a neighbor of my dad's with their, uh, their lamb. So uh, I've got a bunch of lamb in the fridge now, too. Yummy. Yeah, I'll I'll take lamb. I'm gonna do some uh, some like spicy kebabs and some racks and and that kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I put a break on my Mosin, so I've got a, a, a 9130 Mosin Nagant, and uh, Why? It, it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap. It shoots cheap bullets, and it's so much fun. Um, but every time I, so I'll, I'll take people out from work or, or whatever, um, people out to the range that you don't like, that I don't like. And I give them the Mosin and I say, shoot this thing because (laughs) the ammo's cheap. They're like, Oh, my shoulder. I hate shooting. I never want to do it again. Yeah, pretty much. So 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 doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I I get them on a bunch of other guns. So I I don't just bring out the Mosin and, and a crate of 800 rounds and say, go bonkers. But, uh, anyway, so, so yeah, taking the Mosin out to, to shoot at the range. It's, it's not bad shooting standing. Um, even, even kneeling or, or sitting, it's not that bad. It's just when you're prone and when you're shooting off the bench, just the butt pads, not ergonomic, it's metal. Um, it's not shaped really comfortably. And, uh, if you like the most anyone ever shoots out of the thing is like five, maybe 10 rounds. Now, your Mosin, is it a Russian Mosin or is it a German captured Mosin? Russian. Okay. Yeah, Russian you, too. You, you guys just admitted that uh, you don't listen to New Shooter Canada. I, I, I didn't yeah, catch I last episode. Don't have a problem admitting to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's even funnier than what I tried to do. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, uh, George was talking about the German-Russian captured Mauser, the Russian-made Mauser captured German, Mauser captured Russian. Or something like that. <laughs> Sounds complicated. It wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> no, this is just a plain old Russian uh, Mosin. Okay. Anyway, so I mean, they sell the uh, the slip-on uh, butt pads that you can get for them. That would do the trick. That would that would reduce the at least the sting out of it out of the uh, metal butt plate. Um, but I ended up getting one of these. Uh, uh, oh, what was it? Howling Raven uh, muzzle brakes for the for the Mosin. It's steel. Uh, it it's only ported on the top, so it actually takes the rifle from kick, from like recoiling back and and muzzle rise to um, a lot less recoil and muzzle down. Um, I, you know, it, it, there's pros and cons to that. If if it had if it was ported down, then you'd get dust if you're prone. Um, if it's supported side and you're on your side or whatever, there's, there's lots of pros and cons to it. Moral of the story, it, it does drive the muzzle down. Um, but if you're on a bench or if you're prone, it doesn't really do it noticeably and it really cuts the kick out. So, um, anyways, I put one of those on my Mosins and did a quick video and, uh, shot a bunch of ammo cause it's a lot easier to shoot with that on there. 
Um, cool. Just today, I had a I had lunch with a, a listener, uh, Jason. Um, it was funny. He he uh, texted me on Facebook and said that, "Hey, I'm in Edmonton. Uh, I was just wondering if you wanted to go grab a sub or something like that and talk guns and uh, and talk, you know, the, the different ranges around Edmonton." I said, "Yeah, sure." And uh, it turns out he works like a block away from me. He's oh, crazy. Like so close to my work. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it was super convenient because yeah, we didn't just go grab uh grab lunch at a sandwich shop nearby. So that was really cool. So uh, this this your first time encountering a slam fire listener since you've been on the show? Uh I think so, yeah. The first time encountering a, a slam fire listener, yep. Cool. Yep. That's it. You're famous now. That's famous. Yeah, now. No, you made it. Yeah. yeah I've here made here it. you are, you have arrived. <laughs> Did now? Yeah. Did he buy you the sub? No, I, then I you have not sub. arrived. <laughs> no, you need to. Yeah, you politely Close, say though. no, no, it's okay, and then you let him pay. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to be more tactful with it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I you get you to learn it. Yeah. yeah, I learned from Matthew. You'll learn from me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, and, uh, when I was out, uh, when I was out on my hunting trip, one of my buddies got, uh, that Ruger precision rifle and we found out that the MDT mags, uh, actually fit really nicely in his, his rifle, like f- fully loaded up with 10 rounds. They're nice and tight. They don't wiggle around or anything like that. And his came with, um, accurate mag branded magazines, uh, metal ones, and they fit with 10 rounds in my rifle. So we did a quick swap and now he's got mags that are tighter in his and I've got mags that I can load right up to 10. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So uh yeah, that's that's all for me this week. Awesome. All right. Well, why don't we roll into some upcoming events then? The first one is the first annual Ronnie DeGroot Rock Out with your Glock Out Steel Challenge, which is going to be happening this summer, June 4th. So uh it uh, is in memory of of Ronnie DeGroot, which was a uh um, a member of the Rusty Goose Gun Club where Trevor uh is most mostly found basically if you want to find trevor that's where he's at and and ronnie was was very similar to that he uh, helped out quite a bit there and he was uh uh tragically lost in a, in a motorcycle accident last summer and so they're uh, they're having this sort of memorial shoot every summer to kind of commemorate uh his his activity with with the club and so come on out and shoot some steel challenge it's going to be a lot of fun i plan on being there and uh yeah you yeah, should you- too you're going to help set it up, by the way. But uh, oh, well, there you go. I need to build up my gun somehow. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, just mention quickly, it is in fact a fundraiser for the uh, Restigus Snowmobile Club, which Ronnie was also a prolific member and volunteer. He worked for that place as much as he worked for the Restigus Gun Club. And when he died, his request was that donations be made to the Restigus Gun Club or the um, Snowmobile Club. So uh, we're going to uh, donate all the funds raised at the uh, steel shoot to the snowmobile club in his memory. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, this next one is the sixth annual charity shoot, which is in support of Soldier On. It's going to take place also this summer, June 25th, so uh, about 20 days later. It's happening in Kingston, Ontario at the Brockville District Fish and Game Club. You should check out or contact New Shooter Canada, who I just burned, by the way. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I uh, really do appreciate your show and all the stuff you do, but it is so fun to make fun of you. And uh, you guys do the same to us, so, you know, whatever. So anyway, you can check them out. They will have all the information. There's a Facebook page for it as well, so you can sign up to say that you're coming and all that other fun stuff. So I'm looking forward to being there and uh, hanging out with all the gang there. So uh, I, that, that's coming up. You should go. And then also we have the Handgun Fundamentals 1 coming up in August. So again, this summer. This is going to be a busy summer, Trevor. 
Yeah, I got. Uh, don't forget, I'll be I'll be doing the nationals in between SummerSlam and Handgun Fundamentals. Uh, yeah, you poor guy. <laughs> anyway, Handgun Fundamentals one is going to be in St. Paul, Alberta. It is two hundred dollars a person. There are now two spots available. So we will cover grips, stance, sight, picture, trigger control, as well as basic manual of arms. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to hang out with the guys there and uh, and travel and see some more of the country. So that's going to be cool. Um, any other upcoming events, guys, we need to mention before we roll into the news? Negative. Nope. All right. Um, Adriel, you put this news story in, didn't you? Mm, I think Trevor, Trevor put this one in, but uh, this is the uh, this one actually just came out this morning. This is he still uh, gets to read it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Adriel gets to read. It. <laughs> he doesn't need to read the whole thing. Maybe just uh, the 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 points. Oh, yeah. I'll, give us I'll the broad a, strokes and then we'll quick discuss. synopsis here as I'm I'm going through. So Quebec's bringing back their long gun registry. Yay! Um, oh wait, no. Dang it. No. Well, uh, hold on. Bringing back a long gun registry. Bringing uh, back, or they're going to introduce a bill. I mean. Still has to get through, doesn't it? Is this a done deal? Uh, no, this isn't a done deal. This is coming up kind of a thing. So um, I guess I could just read the article. Uh, the Quebec government's new proposal to create its own long gun registry from scratch is being heralded as good news by a survivor of the 1989 Polytech- Polytechnique massacre. Because we all know that if Quebec had had a registry, Polytechnique never would have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. That's not true. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Quebec did was trying to hang on to the federal data uh, from the long run registry um, that was struck out uh, in oh 2012. Was that struck? No, that, it was it was abolished in 2012. April uh, 6, 2012. That's when it was abolished. I'm not quite yeah. sure when uh, when the court decision was that uh, that they couldn't use the data. Well, that was um, recently. That was only like yeah. last year. Yeah. Yeah, um, and now it looks like uh, uh, Quebec's going to, uh, well, at least introduce a bill uh, to create their own provincial registry, and that was they've been making noise that they've been doing they're, they're going to do this for a while, um, and, uh, and it looks like they're they're at least going to pass a bill and, and try to get it in, and it's it's really silly. I mean, if you if you start look, looking into the articles, there's a couple of things that are really odd. Uh, the number of times that they quote how many times police officers and officers of the court consult the registry. I mean, it, it sounds like officers consulting a registry is, is really in depth and they're really pouring over the data when an act, when actually it's a, this, this, this would be an automated check that the, their computers would be doing when they pull up someone's address, right? Yep. So I don't know. They they say silly things like nine hundred times a day, which we all know is not the right stat. Um, yet they're sticking by it. They just they love to lie. Yeah, it's they just, uh, they just make stuff up to make it look like things are important and, and are useful, and they just they aren't. Let me yeah. let me let me say this. My comments do not reflect the citizens of Quebec, especially those who I have come to know personally. However, the province of Quebec is like a spiteful, defiant child that needs the belt taken to their hiney. Like, if if Quebec was my child, I would tan their ass red. That just The rest of the country says, you know what? You're right. This did cost 20 times more than it was supposed to. It turned out to be ineffective, inaccurate, never saved a life. We should scrap it because we finally admit that we wasted money and it didn't do what it was supposed to do. So let's get rid of it. 
it's there's no point in keeping something that's broken, never worked in the first place, and wasted money. So let's get rid of it. And the rest of the country goes, yep, good plan. Let's scrap that. Except for Quebec. Quebec says, oh, you know, we, we, we could use one of those. <laughs> let's, let's have something that doesn't work, costs way more than it's supposed to, and doesn't serve its intended purpose. I want one of those. Silliness. <sighs> it's just silliness. It's yeah. insulting. Yeah. It's insulting. And it's, it's, it's infuriating. The rest of Canada said, no, it was a bad idea. Let's scrap it. Except for Quebec. You're right. It was a bad idea. Can I have one, please? <laughs> Give me something that costs money and doesn't work. That's what I want. Yeah. Now they're they're cutting back on police officers and teachers and healthcare workers, and they can afford to run one of these things, right? Yeah. And to what end? Like, what is it going to do? If you know what, I would support it if you could prove to me that it kept guns off the street, that it reduced gun violence or violence in general. I mean, it's the same old story, right? We need to address the core causes of violence, the poverty, the lack of education, the lack of social programs, all of those things that lead to crime, not the guns. Because if you take away the guns, they're going to use edged weapons. Or, you know what, they're going to use a rock. They're going to, you know, you can't stop crime. You can't stop crazy by trying to get rid of the tools of crime. Because when you take away one tool, it's pointless. It's pointless. It's pointless to even try and use logic. <sighs> it's so frustrating. I concur. Yep. All that's, right. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I will say one more thing. I will say right, one Trevor. more thing. And I, and I hope that you two would agree with me. There is a meme circulating on Facebook right now. And it's of the Quebec flag. And it says, you know, I support my Quebec brother, my Quebec brothers, my law-abiding Quebec brothers, yada, yada, yada. Um, do not comply. Do not register. Okay? Um, now, I support my Quebec brothers, but I'm not going to consult or encourage somebody to break the law. Right. The law of the land is the law of the land. And if you don't follow it, you're a criminal. Yep. And that, that applies to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I won't be I won't be sharing that meme. Yeah, I support the um, the law abiding gun owners of Quebec, but I'm not going to encourage them to uh, break the law by not complying and not registering. You know, if you don't like your laws in your province, move. Yeah, you or can't. work in, work within to change those laws. That's I mean, right. Don't, don't make yourself a criminal. Yeah, you know, a, yeah, it's not worth not it. Com- not complying is not going to. Uh, all you're going to do is put yourself in in harm's way. And make gun owners. Well, you'll know if you don't comply, you're no longer a legal gun owner. Like the boy said, work within the system. Yep. All right. Well, Adriel, you haven't done enough yet. Yet. So why don't you go ahead and uh, do the main interview? Yeah. Okay. I got this. Don't. Don't. You guys don't even need to talk. Just I'll. I'll I'll take care from here. Perfect. Thanks, man. And next, I'd like to welcome Nick. And Nick's from the Nate Student Firearms Association. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you very much. So uh, I've, I've heard of the Calgary uh, Student Firearms Association. What does the uh, what does the Nate uh, Student Firearms Association do? Well, we started primarily to look at education, along with the you know the usual fun range events as well. So our official mandate is uh, we're dedicated to training our members in the safe operation, storage, transportation, and use of firearms in accordance with all relevant laws. And we're also a discussion social group to provide opportunities to learn more about firearms and all things firearms related. 
Excellent. Um, how'd you guys start? It honestly, it took us about three years to get started. Uh, not due to any major pushbacks, but we do have to have a minimum number of executives to start a club at Nate, as per uh, Nate Steve's Association rules. And so it took us quite a while to get together, get the, enough people, and then go and submit all of our required documentation, the uh, club constitution, our mandate, things like that. And our club constitution went through, I believe it was at least four edits before it was approved, because unlike most other clubs at Nate, we had to get approved by not only the Nate Students Association itself, but also by Nate's Protective Services. I see. So it was a little bit more involved than just any other club. Absolutely. Hmm. And um, just as you were going through and, and starting up the club, um, did you run into any roadblocks or, or any other things that uh, kind of kept you from keep going forward? The, the first year we were trying to start, and it was mainly we, we were confronted with an insurance concern that, they, that the Students Association insurance wouldn't be able to cover us. And then to my understanding, what happened is that in the second year I was trying to start up, they changed their policy or something changed on the insurance side. And now they are able to cover us. And so that was the major roadblock in the first year. Other than that, the main thing was just making sure that we could convince administration that we were really uh, hard on the safety and, and, the, and, and on, on the campus rules as well. Yeah, well, I mean, in in terms of safety, a lot of that stuff is, um, you know, if if you're going to run a uh, any kind of firearms club, the safety is always going to be a, a primary concern. Absolutely, I mean, it's it's top of, of mind for us uh, in all of our events. Yeah. So, sp- speaking of events, what kind of events uh, are you guys trying to get started over there? Well, so far this year, we've done. We've been focusing on more on campus engagement to try to to build the profile of the club, but we have done. Two range visits. We went to both the Wild West shooting uh, range at West Edmonton Mall in Edmonton, as well as uh, Phoenix Indoor Range in Gunshop. We have one more planned before the fall term ends, and we are hoping to schedule a CFSC course sometime in February, and we're really going to try pushing for that. We are absolutely interested in, in hosting as many events as possible if we have the people who are interested, which can range from everything from reloading classes to long-range tactical shooting, um, even archery. I know that University of Calgary, as an example, has started up some archery classes, and, and that's always been on our radar as well. And on top of off-campus uh, shooting events, we're also looking at on-campus things, the like guest speakers, educationals, Anything we can do to really uh, open up that profile of, of uh, friendly firearms community in Canada and, and educate students and the public when possible about the the real situation about firearms. Oh, that sounds really good. So you guys are, are doing a, like, like hosting a kind of like a training session where you guys all get your licenses kind of a thing? Yes. So, so far uh, we have, we're about 50-50. We're a very, very small group right now, but half of us have our licenses already, and uh, we're really instrumental in getting the association started, and the other half are really, really interested, but they don't have it, and that also kind of creates a dichotomy in our events because some of them don't want to go to the range until they have their license, and of course, the guys who have their licenses, sometimes they're not as interested in helping 
work on those safety courses because they've already got their license. They'd much rather go do the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, heading out to the fun is a little bit more fun than paperwork and that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, so what, what else are you guys uh, planning to do in the uh, upcoming years here? Well, the big thing for us is, is really building up that foundation, uh, especially with Nate. We're not like most other post-secondaries, the universities. There are people are here for they are are on campus for four years, or in the in the context of some universities that have uh, master pro, master's programs and and beyond, uh, longer than four years. The average student at Nate stays for for two years. We only have two bachelor's programs at Nate. Uh, it's frequently the students are on campus for much shorter. And then we have the added difficulty, although also the added bonus of having the apprentices, apprentices on campus. Um, they're a, a prime, prime uh, source of people to get involved. But unfortunately, due to the Students Association rules and just by the nature of their programs, they're not on campus long enough to take on a leadership role with us. And it's very much more of a, they'll come out and have fun at advance. But they aren't uh, what you'd call long-term people for getting the association running and staying running. So the, our big thing is, is really promoting on campus and trying to build up that foundation. Other than that, we're really keeping the door open for anything that we, people think that we think people will be interested in. We're really interested in doing it. Uh, we have... Some a lot of support on campus, but at the same time, we have a lot of different restrictions than, say, University of Calgary's uh, Farms Association or any average student club or association at other institutions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if if yeah, like I I went to Nate. Oh, this would have been maybe like twelve years or thirteen years ago or something like that. But yeah, if a student's only going and only taking classes for two years. Uh, it, I guess it could be difficult to, you know, you're you're always on the hunt for the next torchbearer and the, and the next person that's going to uh, keep driving the club forward, right? It's not like a fraternity where you might get someone for eight years who can who can stay on and and um, you know run with things. Absolutely, I mean, we do have the benefit that we're open to staff and alumni as well, and uh, although there's once again a caveat that uh, according to the, the Students Association rules. Uh, we have to maintain a minimum 50% current student membership. It mm-hmm. still allows us to reach out to staff and alumni, which is a benefit. At the same time, though, they can't really take on a, a leadership role. And if we have no current students willing to meet the minimum requirements, we could have 3,000 alumni as, member and, as members, and we would still have to fold without that even the minimum requirements. Yeah, I I could I could definitely see that. So, um, what kind of events have you, or what kind of marketing have you guys been doing to to get more students on? I think um, I think I saw you guys at the uh, the Chaz uh, uh, gun show. Uh, was that this year or last year? That was uh, this year. This year in June. Uh, we still, in fact, I still owe them a thank you letter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we've done that. I believe that's actually our only off campus. Um, promotion we've done so far, unfortunately, uh, just due to limitations of manpower. But we've done a number of info booths on campus, and we've we've seen some decent uh, return on that. And we have we we have been at the new student orientations, uh, one of the very few clubs to do so. Uh, we, right now, there are over seventy student clubs at Nate, but uh, new student orientation in the fall, which saw. 
over, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers, but definitely more than a thousand students, new students walking through the halls. Uh, we are one of a very small handful of clubs with tables set up for new student orientation. And we are really trying to take advantage of that. Awesome. Um, now, now in terms of uh, like how many members do you guys ha- have right now? Uh, it's really difficult to actually, we're, uh, we don't really have a hard number. We've got, over 500 likes on Facebook. We've got, I think, over or close to a. I want to say close to about 70 people on our OrgSync portal, which is a requirement for us to operate on campus. All student clubs at Nate now have to use OrgSync. Um, paid members is, on the other hand, uh, pathetically low at, at about probably a dozen of paid members. Uh, we have a number of people who show up to events who are not paid members that we're working on getting paid. Although, of course, our events are free for anyone to attend unless there is a, a member discount that negotiated, in which case then we place some restrictions. But at the moment, we're really focusing on making it as open as possible. So and officially, we're probably at about a dozen, but we have a lot more people who are following us and who are really interested. So we're hoping to see that official number number climb before the end of this academic year in April. Awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can get, if you can get lots of uh, lots of people who are just watching and and just waiting to see what you guys are are going to do, then uh, yeah, you can definitely grow your number out from there. Absolutely. Uh, we we're definitely really focusing on that. Um, we're one of our big struggles is, is getting that promotional material, especially since we did originally have a logo. And then it, it was a very simple one with the Canadian maple leaf with a couple of, of rifle silhouettes emblazoned behind it and then our, our acronym inside the maple leaf. And that did uh, did get us some pushback because uh, we were unaware that the 11-point maple leaf is actually protected by, I think it's the Department of, of Heritage Canada. And you have to get permission to use it. I mean, it's, you don't have to pay, but you have to get the permission and you have to meet uh, all three requirements. But unfortunately, according to whoever sent it, that in to the department and got a reply um, outside of our organization, they were told that it, we don't meet requirement one, which is that it must the use must of the maple leaf must be in good taste. So apparently um, connecting the maple leaf with firearms is not considered in good taste. Oh, that's too bad. It's it's not like they don't use that maple leaf on the on the backs of fighter jets and uh, bombers and that kind of thing, right? Well, we we didn't understand it, but uh, that's it's left us with quite the conundrum. Although we have some fantastic graphics design and, and other programs at Nate, we haven't yet had a volunteer design our our new logo yet. So it makes it quite makes it quite difficult for us to to get some promotional materials together. And instead, we're really focusing on the events to get that interest and then we can start looking at all those fancy pop-up signs and and t-shirts and whatnot yeah it sounds like you got to go over to the uh marketing and promotional uh program and uh buy someone a beer over there (laughs) (laughs) or just take them for a round at at the range (laughs) yeah or or that that would be even better (laughs) so um yeah no no, it's it's really encouraging i'd like um, I know when I, when I first heard of these students associations popping up, uh, the first thought I had was, uh, wow, I, I can't believe these are, uh, these are starting to, to pop up out there. It used to be that there were, um, shooting clubs as, as part of a lot of, uh, um, 
universities and colleges but uh you know in in recent decades there hasn't been that much so it's it's really good to see them popping up uh again and uh uh students like yourself uh getting out there and and promoting them yeah absolutely i mean it was very interesting i actually found out recently that apparently there used to be a shooting range on campus at nate many years ago and um I hope maybe in time we'll have we'll be able to take advantage of uh, some historical sentiment or something. <laughs> yeah, I get a gun. Is is there a gunsmithing course at Nate? I believe they are right in the process of getting that approved. I um I'm not entirely sure if they did just get approval from the CFO for storage or not, but one of our one of our, our supporters, we have a number of supporters in faculty, especially in the School of Trades, which gives us access to a lot of expertise and, and a lot of support, and uh, which we're, we're really grateful for, and we're hoping to uh, take advantage of as as much as possible. And I I think they are working on a gunsmithing course or program. It's in the works at the very least. Cool. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's it's good to see that uh, that these things are popping up, and that uh, um, you know, one one of the things about being a gun owner is that it is kind of isolating. You know, you know, a lot of people don't just volunteer that that uh, information up, and it's it's kind of cool that you guys have a a students association for people who are interested in guns and shooting and and firearms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually really interesting that as I was working on getting this association started up. Um, in the first year, it was just me, and as I started mentioning it to people, more and more people, I, I found out a couple people that I would never have thought had their licenses. They were avid shooters, and <laughs> they still haven't joined yet. But <laughs> it was still a, a, a fantastic thing to see that, like, that there's actually a, quite a few people that that are out there. It's I think it's really about trying to make it so that they feel like comfortable. Uh, reaching out and saying, yes, I am part of this community. I want to give back to this community. Yeah. Oh, there's more of us out there than you know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that 2 million uh, licenses uh, is the official number, but I'm sure there's quite a few more supporters out there than just that number. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if, I, I don't know, maybe there's some uh, some other Nate students that are listening to this, and this is just the first time that they've heard about the, the Nate Student Farms Association. How does, uh, how does someone get a hold of, you, of your association, and how does someone join? Well, we've got, uh, we've got a, a generic email, sfanate at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Twitter. We're very slowly working on a website. It's in the works, and, uh, and also OrgSync. I mean, all, all the campus clubs at Nate have to operate on, uh, through OrgSync now in order to be even allowed to do anything. And it's easily accessible for Nate students. It's the same login credentials as their My Nate student portal and their Moodle uh, portals which they do everything else student-related, whether it's paying their fees or getting their transcripts or checking their homework. And so it makes it a lot easier. And then they just have to look up Student Farms Association at Nate. We are looking to try to boost that social media presence even more. And uh, we're going to be doing some poster campaigns and, and hopefully with Manpower do some presentations in classrooms uh, where it, when permitted as well. So lots of opportunities to reach out to us. Awesome. Well, I, I wish you guys the best, and I hope you get a lot more students in uh, in this year and the years to come. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, we're okay. definitely excited. Yeah, well, thanks for being on, Nick. Thank you very much. Well, good job. I, that, that was fantastic, man. I, it's the best interview I've heard all night. 
I was going to say, I think he did himself. He probably <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> I'll we'll see when, when you guys listen to it uh, tomorrow. <laughs> what you guys think? <laughs> yeah, for all we know, it's you for thirty minutes throwing us under the bus. <laughs> probably is actually. Right. It would be if you or I did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, why don't we roll into some listener feedback here? And this first one comes to us from William. He writes, "Got a little behind due to the feed change." Yes, we're sorry about that. Uh, just finished. 131 on archery and have to say it was terrible mm-hmm. why do you have to talk about archery all the- oh, don't be that guy read says. it correctly <laughs> 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 I have to say that it is a great show like most of your shows first time I listened I thought as many that this was just a Canadian version of the gun dudes ho hum after a few shows I realized that I was slightly wrong We're and worse. that slam fire was much better <laughs> just slightly wrong though <laughs> With regard to 131, while I'm an avid traditional archer, I want to say that I agree with Trevor with regard to hunting with longbow or recurve. It seems that most people who get into archery just for hunting will only shoot a few arrows before the start of the season, kind of like many rifle hunters. While this will allow a person to become semi-proficient with a compound bow, they'd be lucky to hit anything but the ground with a traditional bow. Actually, uh, to cleanly... Uh, actually, to cleanly miss the animal would be lucky. Yes, that would be much better than, than sticking it in the rump or the neck or something and injuring it. It's really refreshing um, to hear an avid traditional shooter take this point of view. I appreciate it. Um, I ran into one of those traditional shooters that kind of sour me on traditional shooters. He sees me with the compound bow at the club the other night, and he's starts making the, oh, this guy needs training wheels to shoot, blah, blah, blah. You should come to this club down over here. Or no, this big shoot that's going to happen. Um, the only way you find out about these big traditional shoots is from other 65-year-old traditional shooters because they're generally not a part of any kind of provincial association or governing body. They're like, they're, a, you know, they go off and they do their own thing and they don't do anything to promote or grow except just kind of word of mouth among themselves. And he's like, it's a traditional only shoot, no compounds allowed. So I'm thinking, if I ever held a shoot and advertised it as compound only, those guys would call me a racist. They would flip <laughs> right out. But it's yeah. okay to go the other way. Totally. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. So the, uh, William continues on here. Uh, did I hunt with traditional equipment? Yes. But then averaged 300 to 400 arrows per week all year and would take my judo-tipped arrows and go stump shooting in the nearby forest a couple of times per month. God love them. And stump shooting is so much fun. I've done it too. It's the best practice there is to hone your skills with a traditional bow. I would go on my grandfather's farm with a back quiver full of wooden arrows and my traditional recurve bow, no sights, no arrow rest, no nothing, just you, the stick, the string, and the arrow. And what you do is you walk through the woods and you find a rotten stump and you just shoot at it. Right, right off of the trail, and and here's you don't know how far it is. You're not ranging the distance with a range finder or anything. You see a stump and you hit it, and that gets you accustomed to that fine tuning your eye hand coordination, your depth perception, and it's super practice. And then when you can hit any stump you want, well then you start going after partridge and rabbit. Right, makes Sorry, sense. And you, by, by partridge, of course, you mean partridge. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, he continues on by saying the vast majority of bow hunters wouldn't dream of this level of commitment, but then for me, bow hunting was just an excuse to spend more time in the woods. 
I still limited my range to 20 yards or less because that was as far as I could be fairly certain of keeping my shots inside a 6-inch circle. At any rate, I love the show. It was a good change of pace. Two thumbs up. P.S. I hope there are not too many mistakes in my email, but then I speak Texican, not English. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, That was awesome, William. Thank you. And William, I love the name William, right? Because have you guys ever heard of that famous archer, William William Tell? Tell? Yeah. Shot the apple off his son's head. Do tell. Now, is that a true story? I don't know. But uh, there's often an argument as to whether or not it was a longbow or a um, crossbow. I believe it was actually a crossbow, which Mm. would make it so much easier to do. But, you know, if you don't like your son, then try a longbow. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yes, no, William, good good email. And thank you for being – thank you for admitting that you were slightly wrong about this being (laughs) the gun dudes. I think we got the nod because we talk archery once in a while. Right. That's got to be it. All right. Well, whatever. I guess we are sort of a gun and hunting show, so I guess the pointy stick arrow things are allowed. Shoosting is shoosting. That's true. We should just be the Canadian shooting radio. Like my YouTube channel used to be called the Canadian Shooting Channel. Yeah. Well, it was Bows and Guns, and then I changed it to uh, Canadian Shooting Channel. Shooting is shooting. That's true. But uh, all right, Trevor, you have haven't done to, enough uh, of the show. Why don't do you some air guns and no, no air guns, no air guns, no air guns. We've yeah. talked air guns. Yes, we have. We even talked airsoft. God help us. Yeah. Hey, all right. And it's this nice. next one is yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, from Sean, he says, "Hello, Matthew, Trevor, and Adriel. I hope I spelled that right. Yes, you did. You nailed uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Only it's I before E, except after V or something. How's that go? Yeah. After I, v. I don't. just wanted to go send you guys a quick email about a couple of things i love the episode about shotgun reloading because i often think about reloading for my 410 now that's the opposite of the last feedback i got (laughs) somebody said to me something to the effect of my god i thought i had no interest in shotgun reloading before well, now I absolutely know I never want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody was quick to point out that we've neglected to talk about the importance of primers because in shot shell reloading, not all primers are created equal. And I it think also you guys, fun- you touched on that, didn't, didn't you? No, we didn't touch no, no, primers didn't. at all. No? Oh. no. So, I was only half listening, so. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so Sean continues, he says, not so much for price as I only hunt with it, but shells are impossible to find in the configuration I would like. Two years ago, I bought two boxes of three-inch shells with number five birdshot. I foolishly used one box up and the other I used to hunt with. I've had good luck with grouse hunting this year, uh, so the last box is looking pretty sparse. I can't find similar shells anywhere now. Three-inch number five. Oof. Well, yeah, I, can get, oh, I can get three-inch fours four and tens. But, four ten, uh, yeah. Three inch number fives. I don't think I've seen them around here either. Hmm. Uh, I think that I had a version of shot shell reloading. I think that I had visions of shot shell reloading being pretty simple, like I think Trevor did. Turns out I was wrong, but I think I may get a press and try it. Just get the. Um, the do you guys know if the Lee shot shell press comes in four ten? I do not know. Because it's very simple and easy to use. Muffins reloading on a Lee shot shell reloader. It's really inexpensive and super easy to use. It's probably hmm. the best one to start with. Hmm. Um, I have to thank or curse, depending on if you are my wife, Trevor, <laughs> <laughs> for the tip regarding the FN pistol at the Calgary Shooting Center. Yes! <laughs> I looked just in time 
And for that price, I would be crazy not to buy it, right? You're darn right. I also, Trevor, please plug your ears, <laughs> bought, a Di- bought a Dominion Arms 1911 on a Black Friday sale. That's horrible. I've held a few 1911s for the price. I figured I would give it a whirl. Yeah, you get what you pay for, pal. Except for the FN. Guys, I paid six fifty for my FN with three mags. And Calgary Shooting Center was selling them for four ninety nine. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah, that is crazy. So, I know Trevor speaks highly of the FN pistol, so hopefully he has not led me wrong. If it is as good as he says, I will be looking for a holster. Any ideas? Yes, contact David Copping on Facebook. He is the Grand Power Rep for Canada, and he is also. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the holster brand, but they're very similar to the LHS holsters, the Kydex ones. He was able to locate an FN holster for me. Also, if you do get your hands on an LHS MMP Pro holster, the FN FNS long slide will fit into that holster as well. I know that's what I was using until I got my own. Yeah, uh, it fit FN remarkably holster. well, actually. It really did, like, yeah. Remarkably that, well. That holster will fit. The MMP Pro, the MMP, the Ruger SR9, and the FN FNS, yep. and be secure for all of them. Yep. Um, so yeah, check with Dave David Copping, creep him on Facebook if you're not already friends with him. <laughs> Send him a message, and and he can help you with a holster story. I just don't have the the name of it. I didn't. This is why we should read the emails before the show. I could have looked that up. Yeah, well, that would be extra work. Sean, send me an email, and I'll track it down for you. Uh, anyway, thanks again for putting out an awesome show, and the new guy, Frosty, is an awesome addition. I miss Owen, too. Hopefully, if he returns, it'll be a quartet. I certainly hope for that. Uh, you can add two more thumbs up to the count. Thanks for the entertainment slash knowledge, Sean, from somewhere up around Saskatoon, the place that's so flat, if your dog walks runs away, you can watch him go for three days. <laughs> um, so, a, a little point. So, that's, that, that's four extra thumbs up. Did, did those get added to the tally? I no. did not. I okay, added the I'll Facebook add them. likes. But, I'll yeah. add them right now. So, Sean, think about the FN. I mean, it is a great gun. I love it because it fits my hand so well. If it doesn't fit your hand so well, you may not be as excited about it as I am. It's kind of what you have to remember. Like some people, you know, absolutely love a Glock because of how it fits their hand. Some people absolutely hate the Glock for the same reason, how it fits their hand. But the FN, regardless of how it fits, has some really excellent features so i really hope it works out for you and if it doesn't you can sell it for more than you paid for it yeah at 4.99 that that's a no lose purchase yeah assuming that's what he paid i mean that's the price Mm -hmm. i was told they were going to be going for so hopefully that's what he paid yeah so yeah it's 150 bucks off from what i paid if that's what he got it for it's amazing that is amazing oh with the exchange rate what it is right now yeah Mm. yep yep all right All right. Um, so, if you want to email the show, send us a, 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 a missive if uh, if you're 10x because that's what he likes to call them uh, to slamfireradio at gmail dot com. We haven't heard from 10x in a while. He should he should send us an audio submission. That that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I concur. And if we get it next week, we'll know he still listens. There we go. Now we'll know. If so not, it looks then like we'll, uh, we'll have to get him deported. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, we can do that. That's no problem. Absolutely. Hello. <laughs> We're Slamfire. <laughs> People have met Adriel now. Yeah. There we go. So, they didn't buy him a sub, but uh, whatever. Yeah. So we. it looks like we have some... some Many. Many. 
Are these all new iTunes reviews? Well, I can't remember if we updated the thing that said what date we updated it. Because uh, the last one was the, like October, and I thought we checked it in November. Uh, okay. So I put all of them in here. All well, right. Well, we'll go through them, and if they were repeats, we're sorry. So who can read those? I can't. I can't because I'm sitting across the room <laughs> from my monitor. <laughs> I, I I can barely read. Well, I I'll get this first one. I think I can make it out. Then Andrew, you can get the next one maybe. Okay. Uh, oh, great podcast from Ohio Gobbler. Did uh? Oh, that one sounds familiar. Because he sent us an email, we read his email and his slam and his review the same night, I believe. Yeah. My only yes. yeah, my only criticism is that for Latte's report on what he did this week in guns is really long. Yes. How does he find time? Yeah, we read yep. that one. Yeah, yeah, we read that one. Okay, so this next one's from Canada from from uh, Aaron Fisher. Uh, best bod- best gun podcast north of the border. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! He left us a four star review. Uh-oh. Blasphemy. What? Hey, I want honest reviews, not... I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I say about SummerSlam feedback. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what no, I need to hear. This, this isn't SummerSlam. This is this is, this is Slam Empire Radio. We can't grow and develop as a show unless we get honest, this honest criticism. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So okay. This one. Oh. No, I'll keep no. going because I think I th- he, he... Yeah, okay. Yeah, Best but gun just part. Know, just but, know Aaron uh, Fisher... You've broken our streak, Aaron You've Fisher. You've broken our streak. <laughs> We've been podcasting since when? Since 20, forever. 20, the beginning yeah. of time, basically. Yeah. We invented podcasting. <laughs> okay. Best bu- gun podcast north of the border. I can't help but to give two thumbs up. All right. That's two more. But if the Trevor, Matt, and new guy want five stars, I want to hear Trevor say something about my Digi Camo Tapco stock SKS. It sucks. <laughs> you did. True, Aaron. He said something about it. He didn't say you didn't say he needed to say something good. Yeah, there's a review for you, Aaron. Here's one yeah. one one star. <laughs> <laughs> the one star you the wouldn't give missing. us. We're giving yeah. it back to you. Yeah. <laughs> he said he posted a photo of it on our Facebook page a couple weeks ago, which so. I promptly deleted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, I, I have no problem with it. I think uh, I think it's great. Trevor, on the other hand, that's okay. Trevor, you're allowed to. You're what allowed is Tapco going to make 1911 accessories? That's what I want to know. All right. Then so you can put some like, on yours. So you can buy a Dominion Arms uh, 1911 and get some, uh, let's see, Digi Tapco Camo, ta- yeah. Tapco Grips uh, on the 1911. Poor Thomas. Um, to- we got talking. Uh, I was giving Thomas and Kelly a hard time with their last episode. I said, you guys actually edit more than Matthew does. You know, if I knocked over an ashtray, I'm sure that Matthew would cut that out of the show. But anyway, um, so he was like, and and I sold my 2011 and bought a Tanfoglio when I was supposed to get another 2011. And I said to um, Thomas in the message, I said, I finally acknowledge that 2011s are basically 1911s and it's time to let it go. And he, he was floored. He couldn't believe it. He was like, what? Did I hear you correctly? You finally are coming clean. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, and shout out to Sean. This man is so patient. He bought and paid for the gun within like six hours. Like, I'll take it. Boom. Money. <laughs> and I <laughs> only shipped the gun this morning. Oh. Yeah. Now. I Four spent, stars. Yeah. I spent 50 bucks to get it there, but. Oh, man. So super patient, super understanding. I thought he was going to ask for his money back at one point. God. <laughs> so thanks man sorry I like I told him I've never not shipped a gun within 24 hours but this just things have been crazy so I yeah. suck 
So. Oh, well. Um, so anyway, Aaron, uh, Trevor did say something about your Tapco stock SKS, so I ex- fully expect that fifth star by next yeah. week. Yeah. Maybe maybe next time you'll make him say something positive about it. And he'll be creative <laughs> in that regard, too. Yeah. I can <laughs> twist anything. Yep. Okay. Um, this next one, Adriel, if you want to... I can't remember if we read this one. Trevor has a better memory than me, so let's see. I'll just start reading, and if, if you guys have heard it before, just interrupt. Hey, guys. Uh, this is from Andrew in Windsor. Hey, guys. I've been listening since the early CRR days and figured that I should get on iTunes and leave a review. It would be better if this was dedicated to beating a public library, but I digress. <laughs> As a deer hunter and avid long-range shooter, I'm enjoying the addition of Adriel, but I still love the great mix of archery, rimfire, and Ipsic talk. I recently moved from Ottawa to Windsor, and now that I can easily drive to the U.S., I'm looking forward, uh, looking into being able to carry my SIG when dot 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 more you because i didn't click the, click the more button okay so itunes doesn't let you like just copy the text off you can't actually select it so i end up screenshotting these stupid things and, and putting them into the show notes and uh i forgot to hit the more on it sorry andrew i we'll have failed to read the rest of yours next week <laughs> uh hopefully it wasn't too much longer but uh i i assume it's uh, he's looking forward to carry a sig down in the states is what i assume he's going to say but uh yeah huh all right. Um, this next one is entitled Great Show by One Bad Wolf, and it says entertaining and informative. Keep it up. And I believe we read that one before. So that means the rest of them okay. we've also read. There so, we go. Very good. Well, thank you guys, except for Aaron Fisher, for all of the awesome five-star reviews. And Aaron Fisher, thank you so much for the four-star review. What do you want from a guy who puts an SKS in a typical stock? Hey? I really don't have much expectations. <laughs> no, but, you it's know, low. How yeah, hard is it to is low. How hard is it to click like one extra star? Hmm. <laughs> I don't have it's a red okay. crayon. Yeah, like, I don't have a red crayon, Miss Carvapple. Why, Ralph? I eat it. That's that's Aaron. <laughs> yeah. My cat's breath smells like cat food. That's Aaron. Oh, Aaron, you can send hate <laughs> mail. To I sent my Wookie, <laughs> Trevor Furlot at gmail dot com. <laughs> Actually, send it to me, and I'll post it on Facebook. There you go. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. How about some shout-outs? All right. To uh, Luke Drew from uh, Bang Switch Boutique. Uh, get well soon, buddy. All right. I, too, would shout-out to him, yeah. except Trevor just did. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you feel better soon, man. Anything else? I've got the um, meme that I was referring to earlier. I'd like to read it. Okay. Says I stand in solidarity with lawful firearm owners of Quebec. Do not comply. Do not register. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Stand up in unity against an expansive, expensive, and ineffective firearms registry. So I certainly agree with the last part. Stand up in unity, in unity against an expensive and ineffective registry. Um, but the. Um, do not comply, do not register. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. You have a duty to obey the law or you become a criminal, no matter how stupid the law is. Find a way. Well, there is there, there does come a time when civil disobedience is the right course civil, of action. Civil disobedience is not breaking the law, though. Not a right. You know, we have the right to protest. We have the right to gather. We have freedom of speech. We don't have right. them to break the law. Well, I mean, I just think back to, and, and we're not there yet, but no. just to play the devil's advocate, I, <clears throat> I think back to the American Revolution. They 
intentionally defied their government. And they yeah, needed to because that was the correct course of action at the time. Yeah, there does come a time when defying your government is the correct course of action. Right. I don't believe well, that is the time now. In but, the case of the American Revolution, I mean, it was taxation without representation. Uh, they were being taxed by a king that <laughs> was just collecting money off of their hard work and without giving anything back in return. Right. How did Canada get its independence? We asked for it. Yeah. No, no blood was shed in the independence of Canada. So there are ways, but I, I can't get behind telling people to break, break a law. Let's break the law. But I no. Can, no. So... No, when I, it's, not I, when I can tell you to fight to it. Group. Fight it in every legal means you you possibly can. Legal yeah, means. The Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. This may be where our. This may be what 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 really gets us going. This may be our first fight. This may be where we really get united, get organized, and you know make these bastards back down. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you for listening. This is the end of the show. Downloading we, uh, and subscribing. We we do encourage you to check out our national firearms organizations. They do do things for us, and so we should be doing things for them, like joining up, becoming members, sending them money, whatnot. Um, check us out on Gun Owners of Canada, and also please go like us on Facebook. We're up to thirteen hundred. No, thirteen. Yeah, one thousand. One thousand. Three hundred. Hold on, hold on. I can do this. One three one nine. Oh my god! Thirteen hundred nineteen. That'd be one no. way of saying it. No, it's not the it correct way, but it's one right. way. <laughs> <laughs> one thousand three hundred nineteen, and we have sixty-six thumbs ups and counting. So, thank you for all of your thumbs ups and supports and likes and everything else. Trevor, <sighs> too late. Adriel, good night. Oh wow, that was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. Ready, ready. Yeah. Yep. Good night, Stacy. Oh wait, wrong one. I don't have to do. Oh, now you're now you're in trouble. Kelly's gonna say you're cheating on her. Yeah, Kelly's gonna be like, "What the heck?" Yeah. Sorry. All right, I'll try again. I'll try again. All right, go. Good night, Kevin. <laughs> oh, good night, I listeners. Thank this. you for listening. We'll see you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.